Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your presence with us and your presence in us. Thank you, Lord, that you are Emmanuel, God with us at all times to do us good. We honor you and we love you. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 So today we're going to talk about resurrection power and life or resurrection life and power. Um, because we, we, um, this is the life that we live now. We're not living as natural people anymore. Even though there are many Christians that don't live in the realm of the spirit where God can bless them and help them to the degree that they live above where they used to live as sinners. Uh, it's one thing to have your sins forgiven, but it's another thing to have the life of God now living in you. So uh, when we got born again, when we got saved, our sins were forgiven, past, present, and future. Uh, now we don't live life like we used to. We don't live out of uh, what this world has to offer. This isn't all there is, and we know it. We know there's something more out there. Uh, I remember being a new Christian, and I would think about things. I would kind of t- tend to worry about, well, how is this going to happen? And then I remember, I said, oh, yeah, I can pray. See, you know, I mean, when you're new in the things that God, you're just new. I mean, I remember a lot of this stuff, folks. I don't know what, how y'all live. Maybe y'all were born with perfect perfect everything everywhere but i wasn't i had to learn some stuff and learn it over and over and still learn it a lots of stuff amen but but i recall those days where it was like you knew you were saved you knew you had had god but you weren't conscious of it enough to let that be your first response to everything you know it's like um, i was more conscious of me still than i was of god and I think once you cross over and, and spend time in the Word and spend time uh, searching, you know, letting your heart and your mind search out the things of God, you find yourself more like it's automatic to pray. It's you don't have to question, you don't have to remind yourself uh, that you can do these things. You know, once you've been saved for a while, then you got to remind yourself of other stuff. You know, this should be automatic, but you know what I'm saying. But, but you know, you're working on it, like well, like we all are. And I remember it so clearly. And I would just, oh, oh, why did I think of that before? You know, you just heave a sigh of relief because it was, oh, I got somebody I can go to now who will solve all these problems for me. And that that's the way I looked at God because I thought I had so many problems, you know, and and I had my share, you know what I'm saying? But I think the more I became aware of him, his word, his presence, what he was doing uh, in my life, how he was helping me, um, I got kind of got absorbed in in God's world, not so much in this natural world anymore. And and I remember thinking to myself, I said, boy, oh boy, I said, you know, um, if I'm going to heaven, I should be living differently. I should be doing different things. I need to find out what God wants me to do. And that became a, a, 
a thought in in my mind and a, a desire in my heart. I just knew I couldn't go back to the way I had been doing things. And I don't know if everybody feels that way when they get saved, but there's somehow it just wasn't right to live like I lived before. And 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 I know there are many people that that have that response to God. And then there are some people that, well, you know, I'm going to heaven one day and they just go back to business as usual. But when you have the resurrection life and power of God living on the inside of you, and, and even aware of it here and there a little bit, maybe you don't, it doesn't manifest a lot or manifest, uh, too often in your life, but you become aware that there's a different way to live and you, you're not sure if you're going to be successful at it or not, but there's something desiring and you desiring to explore that. You want to find out about what that means a new creature in christ boy what does that mean what well, means everything uh else that happened in your life should be dead to you uh, you you don't go back and and try to relive that you don't go back and try to find those old acquaintances you 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 start understanding that there's it's like your 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 face might be trying to to face backward but your feet are pointing forward you know, <laughs> walk that way at your own peril. You know what I'm saying? You might as well turn your face around and go to the great unknown because that's what it is. Living the life of faith is a great unknown for all of us. You know, we've never crossed this way before. And so, but it's it's worth understanding what the resurrection life and power of Jesus Christ is really all about. Uh, it's a power that defeated death, hell, the grave, everything. It's, it's overcome everything. And for some reason, he chose to put that in us. So we got to find out what that's about. I mean, we've got, we've got him living inside of us. Why? What's, what's he doing there? Why does he need to live inside of us? Besides keep us from sin and, and keep us in good behavior and not bad. That's the obvious. But there's other things that this resurrection, I mean, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us? Wow. It's powerful. And why is it there? Why, why do we have all this power? On the inside of us. And, and it's a power that was promised to us. Amen. God promised us that that the Messiah would come and deliver us and save us and all those things. Well, we never thought he would do it from the inside. And so that's what, what we need to explore sometimes is 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 what that power is all about. So so the word resurrection really means um, to be immortal over death. Amen. Not subject to death. Hebrews 9.27 tells us, uh, uh, oh, don't let me go there yet. I'm going to stay with this, what it means, resurrection. Okay, we'll stay that. It really means to wake up from sleep, from death, and from disease, from all forces that would, would, uh, endanger life. Romans 8, 11, go there.
it says, in verse 10, it says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, so really it's the spirit of the Father, God, that's in us. Amen? Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You know, many times Jesus would say, the Father is in me doing the work. It's the same thing with us. The Father God is in us doing the work. So we have all the fullness of the Godhead living in us. We're not lacking anything. So when you, when you talk about your future and vision, that comes from the Father. The Father knows what plans He has for you. He knows the thoughts He has toward you. All of that. And so that's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If it's in you, and it says, uh, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies or make your mortal bodies alive by his spirit that dwells in you. So when that, when we talk about the Holy Spirit quickening our spirit, that word quicken just means to make it alive. And there are many times where we'll feel that surge of the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, different things that you might hear when you hear the word or, or somebody sings a song that moves you. You'll feel a quickening or a life that's a surge of resurrection power that's surging through you. See, that's not just goosebumps and that does not just a feeling. That's a power surge where the Holy Spirit gives witness to what you hear that it's of God. And it's good for you, and you need to listen to it. Amen. So these things are 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 uh, ways that the Holy Spirit fulfills this scripture. It says He will quicken your mortal body, and we do get quickened when we when we get these surges of, of a witness of the Spirit on the inside of us. To to resurrect also means to wake up from sleep, death, and disease. Uh, it. There's the Greek word for that, uh, means bodily resurrection. So it's not just your spirit that gets raised up. Your body is raised up too. So what your spirit does affects your body. You can't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you what it does not have an effect on your body. It has an effect on your mortal body. It will quicken and bring life to this body we live in that is deteriorating every day. You know, just from, from living on the earth, there's a certain amount of wear and tear that happens. Well, God knows that, and he's made a way for us to get this resurge of power in our bodies to make our bodies repair and make them come alive again with this new overcoming power that lives in us. That's why the scriptures can say, uh, when, when you're healed, he makes an utter end of affliction. It won't rise up a second time because it's been, it's been annihilated with resurrection power. That's the greatest power on earth. So there's nothing that can come in and outdo God's resurrection power. That's why many times when, when people have had a real long illness and, and they finally get up from a sick bed and God heals them and they get up by the power of God. You can't convince some people that they're sick. They don't want to hear that word sick. No, that's not me. That's not for me. And, you know, people say things like, well, 
You know, don't let the devil steal your healing. He can't steal something that God has made an utter in. Do you know that 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 whatever that symptom, disease, whatever, got smacked and annihilated with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead? This ain't the same thing as getting healed with a pill. And it's not the same thing as letting something wear off. We're talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead brings your body to life anytime the devil assaults it if you apply that power to your situation. So it's annihilation power. It's power that can't be overcome again. If you believe, you know, you got to believe that what you have cannot be stolen from you. How's the devil going to steal something he never had? He never had your healing. He put sickness on you to try and make you think you were sick. But he never had your healing. Jesus is the healer. The devil is not a healer. And he's not the, the, the custodian of anything. And once God hits your situation with resurrection, life, and power, it won't happen anymore. Amen? It just won't happen. I, you know, I tell people this about everything. The, the devil tried to steal, since I've been a widow, the enemy's tried to steal my money. You know, that my hardworking husband left me in spite of my best efforts to spend it all while he was alive. Poor man managed to leave me something. Perish the thought, whatever. But anyway, he's taken me to court. You know, and I'm looking there and I said, wow, God, that would halfway wipe me out. You know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. Lost every time. It's never been able to steal it. Why? Resurrection power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on my words. And when I say, God, I thank you for keeping my money for me and don't not letting the devil steal it. Devil, you get away from my, take your hands off my money in Jesus name. That, that power enforces those words. So that he can't steal it. Amen. You know, I could get stupid and give it away, but I'm not going there either. You understand what I'm saying? You just don't go certain places because God restrains you, teaches you how to be a good steward. He teaches you how to um, be a, a, a the person, the kind of person that that does what what he tells you to do with with your resources. And so it's 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 one of those things that, that this power raised Jesus from the dead, if it raised him the savior of the universe from the dead, what do you think it's doing in your life, in your body, in your heart? What's it doing there? And and you need to know that you can put it to work for you. You can put that same power to work for you in every situation because everything that Jesus overcame, this Holy Spirit that dwells in you in resurrection power it has overcome it for you on your behalf too. And so really, we need to understand this power. We need to understand how it works. We need to understand what it's for and how to put it to work for us. Amen. In Acts chapter uh, uh, 4, verse 33, we'll go there quickly. That's our scripture that we just had so we can see it. It says here, and with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. And so when when you're, you tap in 
to the resurrection life and power, God wants to bear witness to what you're doing. In other words, if you, when you pray, you ask for things. God wants to bear witness. He wants to confirm what you pray with that same resurrection power, never to be overcome and defeated again. And so when we pray, when we ask God for things, don't, don't sit there and wonder if it's, if it's going to last or if it's, you know, a, a permanent thing or if it's, is it going to come back on me? Don't ever think that. This is, this is a power that, that can't be defeated. It can't be overcome. It's not like, and once you release your words into the, the power of God, His power takes over. That's not just your little feeble words anymore. And I don't care how you feel about what you say. I don't care if you feel powerful or not powerful or what. You know, it's, it's, it's His power now. All he wants you to do is release it so that it gives him something to work with so that he can, can, can bring about the witness that he wants to, to bear for you in this life. So don't ever think of things going back the way they were because, uh, you know, it didn't sound powerful or it didn't sound or whatever. You had some doubt in your head or something like that. No, you release that power into every situation and expect things to get better. Expect things to line up with the word of God. Expect things to not recur anymore. Expect the devil to go away and leave you alone. Expect that resurrection power to work because it's not your power. It's not anything you know anything about. Amen. Be thankful you don't. You try to mess it up. Amen. We always get our little fingers involved in stuff. Wonder, well, God, what about this? No, you just do what I tell you. Do you just go ahead and go in your prayer room and pray and get in your word and, and make your prayers more powerful with faith in God's word and allow me to make that transformation process so that affliction does not rise up a second time. He makes another end of things. Amen. He'll get that stuff out of your life once and for all. It, it, this is resurrection power. This power overcame death, hell, the grave, your neighbors, the crazy teachers in the school, all that stuff that's going on, abortion. It's overcome all of that, folks. So we got to understand what we're dealing with here. This is not, these ain't flimsy prayers. You know, I don't care how you feel about him. You got to feel like, like Jesus is really working. He's doing stuff and it's not going to rebound again and pop up 15 million times. Amen. And the devil might test you and try to get you to think it's coming back. But you know, if you don't put any confidence in that, it won't happen. But we're not to live, uh, on eggshells. We're not to live like we're scared something bad's gonna happen. We're to live confidently in life. Amen? We're to live in, in this, this life in power that knowing that it got Jesus up out the grave. Amen? He died for real. And he gave the Father custodian, custodial care of his remains and his spirit, and his soul, and his body. So he commended everything over to the the Father's care, and the Father raised him up on the third day. Amen? He got out of that tomb. And this is what we need to understand, that that this is, is, is his life that we're living out of. This is his 
uh, spirit that we're living out of. These are his words that we're living. We, we can use his words, uh, to help us when we're in trouble, to help us when we're, when we have a need, to help us when we have symptoms in our bodies, to help us in all situations. And it will affect a cure and healing and anything else you need, uh, by the power of that, that power that raised him from the dead. So it's that same power. It lives in us. And we gotta understand that. You don't ever make these, well I can't do this and I don't know why it doesn't work. Cause you whine too much. <laughs> See whining is not an expression of faith. That's why Jesus would tell the, the, the disciples, put the whine away. Well, I can't give you chapter and verse for that, but he would ask them, where's your faith? When they be scared, Master, don't you care if we going to die? Well, here in the boat with you, how much dead can you be with the master of the universe laying there? So we got to put the wine away, amen, and start declaring what God says over our own lives, amen, over your situation. You know, these little Facebook people, I decree and declare for you. No, declare something for yourself because your stuff is raggedy too. You know, your stuff is subject to fall apart if you don't take care of it. Amen. So just get on your declaration and your, your little thing that you do. Amen. Do it for you first. Then come back and give me a testimony and then I'll let you talk. But let's cut it this nonsense out. Amen. That's the new religious spirit, you know, trying to sound prophetic. Amen. Don't believe in nothing. Amen. So, so when we talk about healing us, we, you need to know that resurrection power is involved in your healing. This isn't just getting better and feeling better. You, you see, many times what we do, say when we come up to the altar, and we get hands laid on us, and we we judge by feelings instead of by faith. So we get a feel better thing instead of thanking God that we're healed. Well, Lord, I got it. I thank you. I'm healed. Because that resurrection power, I asked for healing. I got healing. I didn't ask for feel better. I asked for healing. And sometimes we'll ask for healing at the altar and feel better and think we're only supposed to feel better and not have that thing eliminated from our lives. So we shortchange ourselves even after we obey. See, it makes a big difference what you expect when you come to God. You can't get more than you expect to get. And many times the anointing is looking for a place to abide in us to affect a healing and a cure. And all our minds are thinking about is getting getting feeling better. You know, getting rid of, you know, pain or discomfort or something and and you know, God wants to eliminate that pain once and for all. Amen. Because you get rid of it one day and the next day it pops up and then you start making a big deal out of it. Well what did you get at the altar? What did you get the last time you prayed? And so we have to make up our minds, folks, that we are healed. And and one of the reasons we can is because of resurrection power. This is not just to make you feel good. It's not just to eliminate, quote, unquote, a, a troublesome symptom and not affect a deep work in us. 
Because we are healed. We are not sick people. Amen. We are the healed of the Lord. We were healed at Calvary. And so the same power that saved us heals us. If you can believe for for going to heaven, you know, and you don't do heavenly stuff every day. Most of us don't live like we on the way to heaven. Just not every day. We do it some, but that is just true. You know, our confession sucks. Our, our, you know, we want to, we get low on things and start to worrying again and wondering again, all that kind of stuff. And so we, I think, I think what the reason we can be so comfortable, uh, believing for heaven is because there's, we don't have to prove anything. It's so far off. We don't, you know, you're not put on the spot to really believe something about something that's put off for when you die. But for healing, for your finances, for your children's health, for all those. See, we we get put on the spot with that. So then everybody wants to back away from the healing thing because somebody will know I'm not really believing if my symptoms continue or whatever. You know, but we don't want to extend ourselves. We don't put anything on the line. We don't want to step out of the comfort zone like Peter did. You know, step out of the boat. Peter was very anxious to get get things going with this new kingdom that he was hearing about all the time. So I guess he said, if I can show Jesus I can walk on water, maybe he'll put me on his right hand or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But he was he was aggressive, aggressively pursuing the things of God. And that's what we, the way God wants us to be, to be aggressively pursuing the things of God. Amen. So it, it really means, resurrection really means to uh, arouse from death. So where your tissue and your body is dying, maybe because of cancer or because of diabetes or anything, resurrection power arouses it from death. Just wakes it back up again and puts new life on the inside of it. Where, where you don't have this constant deterioration. As long as you're applying the word, the power goes in. As long as you're meditating on the word, you have a resistance to uh, the thought of sickness. See, you you got to learn how to fight it on as many fronts as you can. Because the first, first thing the enemy will try to do is give you a thought that this isn't working for you. Or give you a thought that this power, that he's a match for the resurrection power of God. This is what he's really trying to do. Now see, when we hear that, we're all kind of, oh, what, what do you mean you're a match for this devil? You ain't no match for this. Then we gotta live like that. Amen? It, it, then if we really believe it, then we will live like that. Which means that we can live like Abraham did. The Bible says he didn't even think about his body. The day God came to him, I said, God, I don't know what you did to that man, but we got a better covenant. I said, do that to me. You know what I'm saying? Because this man didn't think about nothing but what he was going toward. He didn't go to the left or the right. He didn't think about how old he was, how old Sarah was, any of that stuff. He just thought about God. And I'm going to have a, a son soon. Me and Sarah, me and my wife that I love, we're going to have a baby. Amen? 
completed his vision. Now, I'm sure they that was their dream many, many years ago when they were younger. But as years went by, they kind of lost touch with him. But then, Jesus, then God shows up one day and says, hey, guess what? <laughs> oh, it's on. Amen. I heard you. I want to do this thing. Amen. You know, of course, they both thinking in the natural say, oh, God, no, wait a minute. What took you so long? That's usually what everybody, what took you so long? God looks at us and say, what took you so long? You got me? He's not spending our time. We're spending the time. If he could have converted them to, when he first spoke to them, it would have happened back then. Of course, at that time, they were already almost too old. You got me? So when God promises you something, he's not looking at your age. He's not looking at your body. He's not looking at, he's looking at him and what he could do. See, the Bible says Abraham, they conceived. Why? Because they were fully persuaded that what God promised, God was able to do it, not them. He's not looking for you to contribute much. (laughs) You know, it couldn't have been for Abraham and Sarah at their age. God had to renew their youth and revitalize their bodies. And and he did it permanently. They stayed young the whole they didn't just have Isaac and all of a sudden get ninety and a hundred again. They stayed youthful. God's blessings don't add sorrow. You know, if you're elderly and not able to get around well, he gives you a baby. He's going to give you youth so that you feel energetic to take care of the baby. Amen? It's just true. So he's not going to short. He's he's not a partial gifter. You know, batteries are included in everything he does. He doesn't want us to have any kind of sorrow with the blessings he gives us. He wants, he takes care of everything down to the minutest detail. So he, he wants to, to bless our life with a power that cannot be overcome. That's what you gotta understand. This power resides and it cannot be overcome. There's nothing stronger. Amen. Uh, and the power of God doesn't fight itself. You got me? He he doesn't fight himself. So he, whatever he removes, it's it's because it's weak and he doesn't want weakness sown into our lives. He wants strength sown in. So when he when he challenges us, when things don't quite go the way we want him want them to go, just understand that he's removing weakness, he's strengthening us. He's bringing a greater power into us so that when we, when we stand for him and stand in that place of, of harvesting, our strength won't give out. Because that's the first place you'll get, you'll get, you know, kind of, uh, delayed or weakened. You know, you, it doesn't take as much effort to sow seed as it does to harvest. See, when God starts harvesting, he wants you to be it's strong in your spirit, not so much physically. I mean, he can bring that back with no problem. He wants people who are spiritually resilient, who will go into a situation and say, now, God, you told me you were with me in this. You told me you were going to do this for me. You told me. 
and I'm expecting you to do what you say you're going to do. And I appreciate it. You understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't get it twisted like we're bossing God around. It's never that. But, but he told, he told, um, uh, Job, he said, just get up out that bed, you know, put on some, act like a man and demand of me. Amen. And, and I will, I will answer you, you know, just, just declare what you want and I will answer you. And that's what you do. God, I thank you that you've given me all of these things. You've given me success in everything I set my hands to. I'm not failing. You're not letting me fail. You're the one who's keeping me afloat. You're keeping me alive. You're keeping me going. You're giving me all of these things. And so when when he he puts his life in us, it's to revive, restore, sustain to feed our mortal bodies, that's that's part of what a resurrection means. It means to sustain and to feed your mortal body. Amen. Also means to quicken and make alive with with uh, um, uh, um, with life giving power. Amen. Uh, it means to preserve life, uh, to to preserve it from death or to heal your life. Amen. So this. Resurrection power brings life to everything that that we can can ever need or want or pray for. So it just brings that kind of life into it. It's not just it's not the same level of of sustainability that we had before we prayed or before we released the word. This is a different life that comes on it. It's a life force that cannot be denied. Amen. And it annihilates everything that's from the realm of darkness. It just obliterates it. It can't stay. Sickness cannot stay in the presence of God's word once it's believed. Amen. Now, now we have to repeat it to ourselves because our faith gets weak. See, you'll get, get the feeling like it's not going to happen if you don't keep refreshing that word to yourself. Amen. Uh, uh, you know how you, you see your your computer, the page will start to disappear and they, the refresh button, you hit the refresh. That's what you do when you meditate on the word. You speak the word. You're just refreshing the Zoe life of God. Amen. It's the God kind of life. It's that life that raised Jesus from the dead and is all powerful. There's no power that that will not, uh, uh, that can overcome it, period. You gotta know that. As long as you stand in that life, as long as you're standing, you're speaking God's word. Amen? And you're standing on His word. He's gonna come for that word. And that word's gonna annihilate anything that's standing in His way. This is bulldoze everything. And just trample over everything. Amen? I was driving behind a, a, a salt truck with a big, um, a shovel on the front of one of those city ones. And I said, boy, I'd like to have that for one day. Just going down there. Boom. Owning the road. Amen. Of course, I'd, I'd run over something, being hurt somebody. Hurt myself too. But, you know, just power. Just being able to have that kind of power in your life. You understand what I'm saying? Is Everybody wants power. There's nothing wrong with it. Because God has made it available to us. Amen. Well, nobody wants to be weak. Amen. You, you don't want to be weak. You want to, 
you know, that kind of stuff, that's, that's old stuff. You know, it's, we're not weak anymore. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen? So God has traded our, our old life for His life. It's the Zoe life of God. Amen? It really means that, that it is a, a life force that preserves life, that overcomes death. The life of God overcomes death, hell, and the grave, and anything else that would attach itself to us to annihilate us. Amen? Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, after that the judgment. Well, we all have appointment with death, but you don't have no appointment with sickness. There's nothing in the Bible that says you got to be sick. Amen? It's not there. So you don't have an appointment with, I don't care what you did. And what you took your body through and how mean you were to everybody and how you never gave nothing to nobody, just stingy all your life. You don't have an appointment with sickness. Amen. Now, you know, sometimes we can get ourselves in a frame of mind where we think we don't deserve to be healed. I lived like that when I was a sinner and part of the time, well, since I've been saved. You understand what I'm saying? You get in that, that spot where you, things aren't happening quick enough. You know what I'm saying? Then you start thinking about all the stuff you did and you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. You understand what I'm saying? You, that's stuff to be overcome. And if you don't think it on your own, the devil will certainly oblige you with details of things that you did that weren't right, that were sin. You know, we were all sinners. It, that, that, that's our history. That's everybody's history. But it's not our future. And it's not our present either. Amen. We're redeemed from every single curse of the law. And sickness definitely. So you do not have an appointment with sickness. You may have an appointment with death when it's your time. But you can put death off. Amen. You decide to die another day. You'd be like Hezekiah, say, mm, not today, I don't think so. I, I made plans, God. I, I'm planning to do so-and-so at 6 o'clock tonight. <laughs> I, already, I already got my dress out, whatever. Do you understand me? And just just go into your covenant and claim your covenant. That resurrection power starts when the minute you deny death, and deny sickness, you start raising up. Your resurrection power is in you working already. The minute you say, I don't receive it, that's not mine. I don't put my faith in it. No, doctor, you know, I know what you're saying, but nope, that's not my future. Or don't say anything to them. They like to argue with people. The devil wants to get you in an argument so you can lose your healing before you get out to the doctor's office. You went in there healed. How's that going to change because of his words? Well, you know, they did a test. I don't care. God did another test. Who gave you a blood transfusion that says none of these diseases? Not a one. Amen. Nothing escapes the power of the blood. 
It'll just chase it down, annihilate it. Amen. I remember that little silly game, Pac-Man. Remember when we first getting computer things and they would just come chomping, eat up, eat up, eat up. That's the same way the blood does any disease, any symptoms. It annihilates them. But you got to stand. You make a stand. And, and once you begin to stand, continue to stand. Don't let time talk you out of what God is doing in your life. Amen. Blessings, when blessings come, I've never known anybody to pray for something and when it shows up, they, th- they say, hmm, took so long, I don't want it now. You'd be so glad for that. In fact, the longer you wait, the happier you get. Lord, I thought it was never going to get here. Woo, hallelujah. Let me just, huh? Amen. Amen. See, we have to live like this, folks. Trouble comes to everybody. You're going to have your share of it. Amen. Just your share. You ain't getting it. It ain't, it's just too much. Nobody goes through stuff like I do. Yeah, because you whine too much. Jesus told the disciples, put away the wine. Amen. And start embracing resurrection, life, and power. Amen. So, so really, resurrection life preserves your life in your mortal body. It's not for taking you to heaven only. Like you don't get anything down here. God expects you to live every day that you're here. Amen. To resurrection re- really means also to revive and sustain. We said that. And to embrace the Zoe life of God. This life sustains itself. So Zoe is a self-sustaining life. In other words, you don't need herbs, supplements, pills for Zoe. See, that's so common now that people, they really think that it's doing them some real good. But you look at them bottles and they say, uh, this is not a, <laughs> this is a, the, the claims of such and such have not been proven. They just a rumor. So you taking a rumor faithfully every day because somebody believes in it. You put your faith in God's word. You know, don't ever drop faith in God's word for something weaker, something that's of this world. Amen. You know, now I'll take a supplement. And I'm, I'm trying to believe it's doing me some good. But, you know, you get to that bottle and you look at it, man, I'll never take all of these. They're they getting pricey, too. You know, pretty soon you talk yourself out of putting your faith in them because there's not much faith to put in them. Amen. Now, if you've got a real deficiency, that's something different. You know, you, you everybody needs something to boost up their blood here and there. But I'm talking about some of these people have shelves lined with they got them in alphabetical order. See, when you gotta alphabetize your supplements, you, you over the, the edge a little bit, folks. You understand what I'm saying? You got too much faith over in that. And especially if you don't receive the word, if you're not taking the word, not meditating on the word, you've dropped resurrection power for something weaker. Amen? Because you're picking up weakness when God wants you to pick up strength. You know, if you spend as much time listening to God's word as you do to some of this other stuff, that would build your faith up in God's word. And you start to walk in what he has for you. 
He hasn't planned any weakness for us. And he hasn't planned any sickness for us. You know, that's sometimes that's just a spirit that hovers over you. You start hearing other people talk about it, pretty soon you got it too. Change your company. Amen. Change your circle. Just, just go get by yourself if you have to. But make the right changes there. You know, we get all, all worked up about stuff. We feel, you know, the devil has all kinds of ways to trap people. You know, there's some people that feel knowledgeable when they read some of this medical stuff. You know, can't pronounce half them words. That right there ought to take you to the Bible. The Holy Spirit will interpret the Bible for you. He He's not guaranteed to interpret WebMD for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But he will in, give you that word and he will make that make you understand it and make it real to you. Amen. Now that's a guarantee. And so many times the enemy will lure us into things by making us think like, oh, well, you, you know, this, they got this knowledge. You got to have this knowledge to know how to fight and all this. No, you just need the word of God. Amen. David, all he had was the word. In, in five stones and a sword to cut Goliath's head off. Amen. And, and once we understand that we just need God with us, backing us up, making his word real, meditating on it until it becomes a part of us, thinking it through and asking God, God, I don't even understand how this can happen, that I can just listen to your word. And while I listen to it, it's driving sickness out of me. Yeah, because it's coupled with his spirit. It's coupled with a power that's guaranteed to drive. That that sickness can't withstand what raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. He exploded out of that grave. I mean, there was nothing that, you know, the, you know, the angels rolled, rolled the stone away for the disciples to see. You got me? But there was a flash of lightning when they showed up. That power, when he came back into his body, his, his glorified body, that power blew that door off of that. Do you understand me? He didn't need angels to roll that thing away. They did it for the people who would come later to see. They sealed that grave back up again. Amen. So that it would look like he was still in there. That's that when they came to see, uh, their faith was rewarded because they saw an empty tomb. He wasn't there anymore. He was he was off doing business. <laughs> like the angel said, "Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He doing living stuff. Nobody but dead people hang around cemeteries." Amen. And so, so anyway, he he went about his life because that life came right back into him again and he was able to do everything that that he needed to do it was it was no it was a change that was so um so dramatic that when he would appear to the disciples he didn't even look like himself anymore it makes that kind of change in you it makes that change in us 
you know, you, you stand beside the average sinner that's your age and compare what you look like to what they look like. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no comparison. So that resurrection life and power, uh, there's a, uh, um, a, a change in your countenance. There's a change in your soul, your spirit, what you carry when you, when you walk around. You're different. It's, it makes a difference in you. And it's an overcoming power. It's not just some, you know, oh, I don't know how I'm feeling today. Well, I wish I felt better. No, it's not like that. Resurrection power don't make you wish nothing. You understand what I'm saying? You do live in it all the time. It's, it's going through your body all the time. You know, there are times when I, I, I come in sometimes and I'm dragging. I said, Lord, I'm dragging. What is this about? You know, and I might let it linger for a little bit. And then I realized, I said, Lord, I don't even have to put up with this. You know, this isn't you. This isn't the life you gave me to live. Amen. You gave me your life to live out of. And you start to call that up. You start to to minister that to yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord where your body is concerned, where your health is concerned, where everything is concerned. You don't have to live that that old life anymore amen because that that thing is dead and that thing once you start trying to pick that up in your soul and it starts to affect your body you realize man this this ain't for me i'm <laughs> i'm i'm over in the zoe amen so you you go and get 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 that amen so so this resurrection life is what makes us a new creature amen the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, we're in the life of God the way he lives right now. You're not living this on your own. You're living it in him and through him. Then he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. In Colossians 2.13, and this is a blessing because you don't have to try and have all the answers. God is not quizzing you to see if you really know the word, and if you really believe him or anything like that. God is right there with you, helping you every step of the way, every step of the way. Colossians 2.13, he says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So you're made alive together with Christ. You're not living this life by yourself. You're not trying to figure out how to have faith. You're not trying to figure out how to get your healing. You're not trying to figure nothing. You're living with him and he's healed. When you live with him, you partake of his life. You're not trying to get anything. You have it already. And so once we understand that we have it already because the healed one lives in us, not just the healer, but he is the healed one. And because we are raised up together with him out of death, then we live his life every day if we'll allow ourselves to. You can't think about um, fear of different things. You can't embrace those things anymore because you're living you've been raised up together with him you know get his peace get his understanding 
of life. Get his understanding of, of the life he wants you to live. And, but know that he's helping you live that way. Well, he is the, the force behind everything that you do. When you do the word, he's the force behind it. Amen? So once you're raised from the dead, you can't die anymore. Amen? We just step over. Amen. Uh, Romans 6, 9. We'll go there. You know, we as believers, you know, it's not like you want to go somewhere now. Just don't get superstitious about talking about death and things like that. Uh, uh, I say Romans 6, verse... Uh, Six, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. You know, now people, backsliders need to read that because they don't think they're new creatures. They go off and start getting in sin and let the devil convince them it's not worth it anymore. So they just go back, try to get lost in the world. Amen. It says your old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen? In fact, we are living with him now, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. We don't die no more. Death has no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died once to sin, but that he liveth, he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead in, indeed to sin, but alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we don't have to yield our members to unrighteousness anymore, not in thought. Not in word, unrighteous thoughts. Well, oh gosh, I don't know when he's going to give me this. I don't know when. It's, that's an unrighteous thought. You don't have to yield yourself to that and call it normal. Well, it's just normal for people to do it. No, it's not. Why do you want to be normal? Hey, didn't you have a life of normal? Did you have enough of normal when you were in the world? Now, we're not just going back to normal anymore, folks. We're going to live the life that he ordained for us to live. Don't let yourself give in to that. Don't let yourself uh, be afflicted with the enemy's fears and so forth. It's, it's just not uh, for us. Amen. If Christ is not raised from the dead, it's, we would die twice. Amen. And so if if he's raised from the dead, then we are raised too. And we don't die anymore. Amen. Jesus said that to Mary when he was at the tomb. When she kept saying, I know he's going to be raised on the left. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Amen. He that believes in me, if he, though he be dead, yet shall he live. And he who believes in me shall live and never die. And so we have that never die on us, folks. Now we taste death. We what, what dies is your mortal body, but your spirit and your soul live forever. You just step over into your glorified body. The body is dead. It's going to die. It's going to depart. It's going to go back to dust. But you and your spirit just leave out of that. It's like a house you move out of. Amen. You just vacate the premises. And you step over into your new place. 
Amen. And so this is what Jesus says. This is what resurrection life does for us. What resurrection power. It raises us up from everything that is of the world. Now Satan is still the God of this world. You know, God, God is, is set us here to take back what he's stolen. So everything that we see in the visible realm, he put it here. Amen. He perverts what God creates and he runs it. As soon as he can get somebody to turn something over to him, he'll take it. Amen. God is a creator. You know, the, the things that we enjoy, um, technology, you know, machinery, all those things, those are God-released inventions. And he releases them into the earth for people to enjoy. And he expects us to be good stewards of them. But as soon as the devil can hijack them, he will. Amen. He causes them to break down. Causes them to deteriorate, sets mold and mildew and stuff, and you know he'll he'll spring a leak in your house and your carpet will be wet for months before you even find out. He's a god of this world. He does. He wrecks stuff. He just comes in and messes up everything. Amen. It's like Shanene trying to get in your pay party. That's him. He just you know he'll wait for you to set up everything real nice. And come knocking on your door. Amen. Oh, Gina, you can't keep me out of here. That's him. Just come in and up, mess up everything. You know, people who, I, you know, we, we still, when I, when I go through certain areas, you know, I, I pray and, and curse the works of darkness. But, this is something, this is the devil's plan. You ever notice over in a certain area in Cleveland, I, I won't say a name so nobody gets offended because it's not what, that's where I live. That ain't what they do. But in certain areas, you'll see a, a bunch of factories, like factories will just take up industrial complex. And some of the older areas you'll see, what do you see on the corner? Bars, strip joints, crazy horse. Why would you go in a place called crazy? You understand what I'm saying? And there, they cash people's checks through there. You never make it home with your money. And the devil plans. You think the devil's not real? He loves to wreck. Have you work all week long and then go to a place called crazy horse to take all your money from you. Most of those bars are allowed to open up. They have to stay closed. I think it's like two or three hours. They close at 2.30, but they can open back up at 6. And don't think it ain't people in there. Why do you do that? Well, it's the third shift. You got people getting off work all times a day in those places. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I tell you he's the God of this world, it's stuff like that he's doing. He sets that stuff up. He loves to be able to take what you worked hard for and make you destroy it. So he can beat you up with guilt and make you do it over again. Guilty people are repeat offenders. That's why you need to stay out of guilt. Take your freedom and run. I don't care if you don't feel like you deserve it. At some point, God will straighten that out with you. But take it and run. Let the devil beat you up with guilt. Guilt won't do anything for you anyway. That's not, that's not godly repentance, folks. It might be the beginning of it. But godly repentance is when you go to God and He shines that light of the Holy Ghost on you. 
That'll get you straightened up real good. So we are new creatures. Why? Because of this resurrection power, he is alive in us. Jesus actually works on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. What does he do? He teaches us. He comforts us. He consoles us. He lets us know it's not over. Because that's where most of us hang (laughs) most of the time. By that little slender thread of thinking, oh boy, this is the biggie. I know it's over, Lord. I just know it's over. I just, uh, uh. You know, you get that way. You can be cool for, for a good little while. And then something will come up and those old thoughts will start to revive in your mind. You know, oh boy, here it is. Something else. Amen. It's good to just jump on it with the word. Even if you're not feeling like it, you're not half believing it, just jump on it with the word anyhow. Amen. Beat it up with the word anyhow. And and just allow that word to work. That's what resurrection power does. It revives you up out of the place where you thought you had lost everything, where you thought you were losing everything. It 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 makes you resilient. Where you thought you couldn't just stand any more bad news, you got me? And more comes, you find something to reserve on the inside of you that's able to meet it. Even if all you can do is call somebody to pray with you, agree with you, and pray for you. Put the power to work. Amen? Just get get it working in your life to reverse what it is that's trying to come against you. So our new creation man is a composite, amen, of us, our gifts, our abilities, our thoughts, all of that stuff but also enhanced with the nature of Christ. It is an overcoming nature, and it is one that has a a power working in it to give it new life every time it's hit. Amen? Every time it's attacked, there's a power working in us to give us new life. So each time we believe the word that we hear, we are being transformed more and more to the image of Christ by this resurrection power. Every time you hear the word, something in you changes. I don't care where you hear it from and who says it and what circumstances. Every time you hear it, it 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 has the power to get inside of you and transform you, making you more like Christ, making that word more a part of you. And, and doing the things that, that you need to do to receive that resurrection life and power working in you. Amen. So, um, the, uh, there's an integrity in resurrection power. Amen. Uh, there's a, a power there that makes it indestructible. So it's not a raw power and it's not just a mental power or, or, or a power of attitude. It's a power of the life of God that is able to solve every problem, come up with every answer, predict every outcome. It's, it's all knowing. It makes, he makes it all available to us. He doesn't hold anything back from us. He allows us to, to indulge ourselves in understanding who he is and what he can do. Amen. So, so, um, God is able to raise up 
from sickness, raise up from death, raise up from all of these, these things because this power is available to us, um, just on, on faith and on demand and understanding what it does and what it's able to do. A resurrection power can affect more than just your situation. It will affect neighborhoods. It will affect families. It affects everything. It, it's, it permeates into situations and causes things to change for the better for everybody. You know, sometimes there's a thing where God wants a witness in the earth. And he will do it through his kids, through his children. So you may find that, that your prayers, say if you, you got children in school and you pray for those kids, you may find that, that the school changes the rules, you know, say it was affecting your child to the negative and you'll find that the school will change the rules so that everybody's kid gets benefit of it. See, that's an, an example of resurrection power. See, if, if your kid is being treated poorly at school, if you, you don't have God, you, and you got money, you can take him out of the school, you can put him someplace else, you can homeschool him. But if you're praying and God says, I want you to pray and I want, I want to do some, some stuff here, and you start praying, you don't have any idea how God's going to answer it, you just know he will. Cause, cause you can ask him anything. And you expect change. But sometimes laws change. Sometimes, uh, Principles change. Teachers change. They just all of a sudden don't want to teach anymore. And they were not being fair to your child. You see what I'm saying? Well, if he's not being fair to yours, he's probably not being fair to everybody else's either. And needs to go. Or sometimes God can make them change and they change and start doing better. Amen. There's a mercy of God involved too. And so that's resurrection power, folks. That That power is unstoppable. He's going to answer your prayer no matter who has to move, who has to resign, who has to quit, who has to do what. He will get that prayer answered for you. And that's not just normal what things happen. You know, there's so many people who are running from trouble just because they can't handle it anymore. And they have, they don't have God. They don't know that they can call on him. But resurrection power is able to annihilate anything that stands before it with the wisdom of God and the mind of God behind it. And if God looks at your situation and say, well, I don't only want to fix it for for your child. I want to fix it for a lot of kids. His mind will come in there and just take that over like that. So he's able to, the resurrection mind of God can assess a situation. And decide how he wants to move. And often he will move that way and will benefit many, many people. He benefits cities. He benefits all of these things. You know, all of the things that we've seen change over the years change on the basis of God's wisdom and his mind and what he wants to do to affect people in a, in a positive way. He wants to bless more than just us. Amen. There are times when when people give us a hard time and we wind up praying for the situation. And God will wind up changing them and blessing them and saving them. And that's how it happens. Amen. So if he has to let one of his kids get in trouble with somebody in order to change them and bless them, what's what he says? He fights with those who fight us. 
but he fights for them also to cause them to to be better people amen you know it it happens so often so so this is part of resurrection power it has the mind of god in it the wisdom of god in it and god's goals will be realized not just what you want but god has something there that he wants to do you got me so his mind and in his thinking and his his power is is he does that all the time look at the bible and see all the people that couldn't abraham and sarah couldn't have kids why god wanted something to do something big with their kid you understand what i'm saying hannah couldn't conceive she got so desperate she said well god if you give them to me i'll give them back to you and probably when she said that she probably thought what did i just say you understand what i'm saying you get overcome with pleading you know when people people can do things that you know when we go to god in faith that faith can be expressed in a lot of different ways you know i used to uh think in the you know the uh brother so-and-so's list of how you go to god to get an answer school you know and where i never went to that school before and i was doing okay and you always want to do better but you know but anyway but i'm come to i've come to realize that at the end of every desperation cry to god you know like we're so well you don't have to beg god because he's already given it to you excuse me this is my father i'm talking to i can tell him anything i wanted you butt out my conversation please but sometimes at the end of every desperation oh god please i can't live another day without there's faith at the end of that crying out pleading blubbering you understand now if you do it in unbelief just go somewhere and sit down until you can collect yourself you know and like Job, arrange yourself like a man. There's a difference. But if you're like Hannah, when she got tired, everybody was picking on her. She was the she was dragging everywhere. Now we got to go up there with her kids and my no kids, and I got to sit there and let her needle me and blah 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 blah. And she got in there before the priest, and she said, "God, please, I don't care what you do." If, if, if you give me a baby and I have to give him back to you, that's what I'll do, Lord. I just promise to give him back to you if you give him to me. Bingo. You understand what I'm saying? God sometimes is looking for more than what's on our little plate and what's missing from our little something. You understand what I'm saying? He's got bigger in mind all the time. He's got many people. See, when he sees one person, he sees you as a family. He sees you as your natural family. That's why you can claim household salvation. He sees you as a family in your community. He sees people. We, we one represent many. Amen. In his eyes. And his resurrection power, I'm telling you, has the mind of God in it. And God knows what he wants to accomplish through your prayer situation. See, you're bothered because it's knocking on your door. And that's cool. You understand what I'm saying? But you're probably bothered for more things than just what you have to, to deal with. So his resurrection power, the anointing, goes in and it knows how to fix what's wrong. It knows how to leave what's not wrong like it is. It knows how to set things up for the future. 
God's God's power will sort all of that out, will piece it back together again and make it run smoothly the way he wants it to run. And you'll be pleased too. So he's not shortchanging anybody when he takes that that uh that that takes your prayer and and decides to work with it and uses you in the realm of prayer. So Ephesians 1, we can go there and see something, some other attributes of this power, because I think we just say power and we think, and you know, that's how people go up to the, the altar to get healed and come back just feeling good. They didn't realize what was there for them to get healed all the way. I mean, not just feel good and feel better. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Well, you all know this 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 prayer because we pray it so much it says 17 that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory so that's what this power is it's the power of glory and and it has glory in it but glory really belongs to god he's the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you see that's in that resurrection power is wisdom and revelation and the knowledge, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness, exceeding greatness of this power toward us who believe. So this power is for us who believe to live out of. Amen. And he says it's exceeding great. God wants us to know the exceeding greatness of this power. Who, that's given to us who believe. Not unbelievers, not just people who are quote unquote saved, but those who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked into Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the own right hand of his heaven in the heavenly places. So this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The apostle wants us to know about it. He wants us to know the exceeding greatness of it and what, what it, it, it has in store for us who believe that you're not just wanting to be feel better. You're not just wanting to have some kind of symptoms leave your body. You want to know the exceeding greatness of this power. You don't want to, you know, like like sometimes you just you just don't understand why you have this so long and why this lasts so long, and then it goes away and you run away and take it like a thief. Amen. You act like you done stole something. Uh-huh. I don't want to know nothing about no exceeding greatness. I don't want, you don't have to tell me nothing, God. I got my stuff. I'm out of here. Amen. Well, Paul said, hold your horses. Slow your roll. Whoa, Nelly, sit down. Amen. Park it. Because he's going to explain. He's going to explain to you. You need to know. Well, you know, I just take it by faith. Faith knows. Faith knows. It's not just dumb believing. Are you kidding me? The Bible says by faith we understand. Huh? Faith is understand. Are you kidding me? I just believe. Oh, you don't. You don't believe. Because if you did, you wouldn't say something crazy like that. 
The Bible says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You understand that by faith. You don't just read it and say, well, you know, I, I, I receive it. I hear God said it. I believe it. That's the end of it. No, it ain't. You gotta get understanding. Your faith must come with understanding, folks, or it won't fully manifest. If you don't get understanding, the minute you get around the corner, the devil will steal it from you. Cause you don't know what you have. Just like, that's like giving somebody who just came to this country, uh, uh, $50,000. And they, they're never told that it's money. When you think you just believe and that's all you need to do, get a grip. The Bible even tells you to add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, understanding, all that stuff. You understand. God gave you a head to under, understand. He gave you the mind of Christ so that you can, you can, uh, understand and discern these things. You're not just, Walking around here like some zombie. I believe I receive one. I've done that. You know, that's better than doing nothing. But in, in all of that, you've got to get understanding. God, tell me how this works. Tell me as much as you can tell me, as much as I can understand. Tell me how my faith works. Tell me how it's going to get me to the next place I need to be. Tell me how it's going to keep. I want to keep the devil off of my case. I want to keep from from falling in the red off and on with with my bills. I want to keep from you know you understand what I'm saying. Tell me how to set me set me up forever, because I have a feeling that that you're able to do that with this power, because it's more it's exceeding greatness, amen. And in the eyes of our understanding, be enlightened. What's that? That's understanding. So we don't just have to walk around and. And keep quoting scriptures and I, that we don't believe, that we don't take time to meditate on. We believe we receive it when we pray. Well, that's fine, but you gotta get understanding. You gotta know when, when your confession is too raggedy for you to even expect to get anything from God. And you need to repent and get back over into faith again. You need understanding. And so God was in, 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 in the apostle when he wrote the book of Ephesians, he wrote it so that people could come out of darkness. Ephesus was a witchcraft city, you know, before, before Paul showed up and preached to those people. So the churches there were fighting people who were in the dark arts, you know, and they were good at it. They were so good at it. They were making and selling, you know, idols and stuff like that was, they could, you could make a living off of making idols in that city. So there was a lot to fight. And so Paul wanted to protect the church, protect the investment of God's resurrection power that he had put in the people there. And that was his prayer. And that picked up from generations. I don't know a generation that has not found that in the Bible and said, you know what, that looks good to me. I think I'm going to pray that. If I can't pray anything else, I'm going to pray that. And and we need to be enlightened in this great power that he's put in us. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you, Lord, enlightening the eyes of our understanding. We may know the hope of our calling and what your riches of the glory of, of is in the inheritance of the saints and the exceeding greatness of this power 
that you placed inside of us, exceeding greatness. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you've given that to us. Not just given it to us, but you live with us to teach us how to walk in that power. And we thank you for it, Father. We just bless you. All right, why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have... And it don't have me. I know I, know I got a little list, right? <laughs> and we thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. You realize that that declaration twice a week has kept us all free from the corona. So thank God for it, amen. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.